think everybody suffers from this, that voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough or that you don't deserve this or whatever. Don't listen to that person because that's not you. For me, it's the patriarchy. So I tell myself that, I go, that voice is the patriarchy. I'm not gonna listen to it. Hello and welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising black, indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Ozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamoto Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Rev Kotney. She is an Indian uh, currently working as a production manager at Netflix. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, yes, I'm a production manager at Netflix. I'm currently working on Gi Happy. It's a show about Indian deities who are preschoolers. Uh, I won't give too much away because we're just got announced. And uh, just uh, so you know, Gi means butter. <laughs> so it's like a butter happy, which is always going to make you happy. That's so mm-hmm. cute. I love that. Everything's better with butter. Of yeah. course it is. <laughs> So the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you just have to choose in between the two of them and let us know why. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll start us off with the first one. Would you rather be stopping crime and saving the world on a weekly basis alongside Sam, Alex, and Clover from Totally Spies, or alongside Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable from Kim Possible? Totally spies all the way. I love those girls. (laughs) I love them so much. I love Kim. I love Ron. But totally spies is my jam. That's that's amazing. I actually like that response. I love that. When coming up with this question, I thought it was definitely going to be Kim Possible is definitely the more popular choice. I'm actually pretty surprised and happy that you chose totally spies. (laughs) Like totally spies. It's a different flavor. It is. It's not for everybody. like Like same age. Yeah. I think it's the the mix of girliness and mm. being badass. I love the both. That's who I want to be. That's what I strive mm. to be every day. So <laughs> I love them. Yeah, I loved watching Totally Spies growing up. Like I watched like yeah, both. And it was yeah, there was something different about Totally Spies that was super enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I love that uh their their tools were kind of like more on the feminine side. Like they really pushed that idea mm-hmm. of like using yeah, lipstick. They're like contacts. makeup, like disguises. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> Who would win in a snowball fight? Elsa from Frozen or Jack Frost from Rise of the Guardians? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to go by Elsa. Okay, I got to stand up for my girls. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Rip's just padding the stats for the female representation. Hell yeah, somebody has <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah. And also, like, Elsa's just basically God at this point. Yeah. I mean, she's got really good powers. Like, what is Jack Frost? He's got that, like, hook thing and he can skate. He's a mischievous kid. Sure. Elsa's got this in the bag. All solid answers, Rev. Thank All you. Solid answers. I appreciate it. So, yeah, that was in between. Thanks so much for playing. Had fun? Yeah. Glad to okay, do good. that. Good, glad to make my choices. I want people to know I'm always here for Totally Spies. Yes. <laughs> I will fight you for it even. Like, I love Totally Spies. Hands down. It's the one. 
so yeah, Rev, we're super excited to have you on Straight Ahead. Glad to be here. Yuki and I, we totally want to highlight more production people and hopefully in the future have more production on the podcast because we, we both think that's also an essential part about the animation industry and want to show more love to the production team. <laughs> Thank you. I think people would love that. <laughs> so to kind of start us off uh, talking about the production team, could mm-hmm. you briefly explain kind of the production hierarchy and the role of the production manager in a TV animation pipeline? Yeah, sure. So I'll just be going off of my experiences. So it starts with intern, PA, coordinator, uh, production supervisor, production manager, and then a line producer. Mm. I know from my experiences that there are places where they'll have a supervisor and a manager on a TV show, or sometimes they only have a production supervisor or just a production manager. It's all based on the show needs. Um, I've been on both types of shows. Some were smaller, and that's when they only needed a supervisor or a manager. And my very last show before the one I'm on currently was a very big, large production that needed a supervisor and a manager. It just kind of depends what you'll see out there. Okay. Now, a manager, I'd like to say that a manager is kind of the glue. And what I've been told and what I've also kind of experienced is that there are two triangles on a production. So there is like the bottom triangle where it starts with like the PAs on the bottom and then the production manager at the top. Then there's another like triangle that's stacked on top of it where it's like the production managers on the are the bottom of it. And then on the top is like the execs and like the studio or whatever. Mm. And the production manager and the line producer, they partner up together to really uh, make sure everything is going well. And the line producer is talking to like the execs and the showrunners, but the production manager is like on the ground. They know what's happening all the time. They know what's going on with the schedule. They know what problems are coming up and they're solving them. And they're also training all the PAs and coordinators. And then they're like talking to the line producer who's like dealing with like huge issues, you know, like budgets and marketing and accounting and recruiting. And so we're partnering as much as we can together to make sure that everything is taken care of. Mm. That's interesting. I never heard it described in that way. It kind of feels like the manager and then the line producer, like almost like two sides of like the same coin where they're like each of them handle like the opposite sides yes yes but meet in the middle (laughs) they always meet in the middle yes that's a good way to think about it too on that topic can you also tell us a little bit more about what your day-to-day is normally like as a production manager at netflix yeah so i started being a production manager during the quarantine so i haven't met all of the people in person which has been a really big challenge so It's like I had to train everybody, all the PAs, the coordinators through Zoom. And it was a really big challenge. But we also, when we were looking for PAs and coordinators, we were looking for people who had some experience. So that way we can all come together and teach each other and just like be very collaborative. So my day to day usually starts with checking in with the production team, making sure that they're okay, if they have any questions, if there's any large announcements that I need to share with them and just really starting the day off right. And then I don't run any meetings really anymore. It's really the production coordinators and PAs. So I go to their meetings, attend them, give any advice on schedules, support the staff. I'm also supporting the supervisors. So I check in with my directors, editors, any of the other supervisors like art director, animation supervisor, character lead. It just depends on each show. 
But on this one, this is who I check in with. I'm also supporting my EPs and I manage their day to day schedule. So I'm like moving meetings. What is an EP? Uh, EP, so executive producer or showrunner. So in my case, I have a creative showrunner and I manage his duties every day, making sure he has time to do uh, what he needs to do for the day, as well as getting some breaks in, going to the meetings. Mm -hmm. EPs have a lot on their schedule. So it's really very, very like important to be in touch with them and making sure that they know what they're doing and they get a break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then in the beginning, when I was uh, first started on Uh, It spent a lot of time doing like process documents and having uh, training sessions with all of the coordinators and PAs, checking in with them, talking about hard skills and soft skills. But now everyone knows what they're doing. So I'm just really there to just support them. Really cool. It sounds like you're in a lot of meetings. I'm in a lot of meetings. meetings, But like you also get to like see so much about the, about the production you what do you enjoy about sitting in on some of these meetings like do you like it when you're kind of seeing the art or like when you're looking at the boards like what like which meetings are you always most excited to like sit in on and be like oh can't wait to see what's new today <laughs> that's a great question let's see i usually go to a lot of the design meetings and those are mm-hmm. super fun i've never been on a preschool show before so the art is just so cute just so so adorable and the solutions that the artists come up with is uh freaking like genius so those are really fun and i also like going to the pitches like um, the storyboard pitches and the animatic pitches. And we're just running through the story. You see all the board artists pitching their ideas and everyone laughing and just really enjoying their time together. Though now it's a little bit, I want to say individual when we're um, enjoying the pitches because we're all muting ourselves or turning off of our cameras. So that way nothing lags, but still fun. (laughs) Yeah, the work from home situation. Totally. Oh, but that's really cool. I feel like you get to be involved in so much cool stuff and get to see so much cool stuff. And like, <laughs> it just no, just hearing you talk, just realize how much you do. And like, I'm sure you can contest. I only have to attend the meetings like like if I'm pitching or if I'm like a check in. I I don't have to <laughs> sit on and do any anything else. I can only imagine having a whole day just be meeting after meeting after meeting yeah no like every day every day it's like meeting (laughs) after meeting and the funny thing is sometimes I don't realize like uh one of my uh artists was like whoa I didn't I haven't seen like this director or um this person in a long time it's been like a month since I've seen the seen you and they like chat up a storm but then when I I've seen everybody like almost every day maybe like a few days off here and there. So like, I know what everyone's doing, how their like lives are going. I'm like very in touch. And it's a, it's such a privilege, actually, just to be part of each department. And when we get animation back from, I think that's actually the most exciting part is like when we see the final shots and like putting that together, because everybody's hand has touched it now. And we get to mm-hmm. enjoy this, like, this entirety together. And that's like my favorite part. Oh, yeah, that that yeah. that's a cool feeling <laughs> when you get something back from the studio. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very exciting. So something I kind of want to like go back a bit mm-hmm. is kind of going back to when you were a student at San Jose State University. So when you were attending SJSU and majoring in animation illustration, mm-hmm. was your goal always to enter animation production? No, I didn't even know what that was. 
<laughs> so when I started uh, going to SJSU, I just wanted to do something in animation. I thought it was super cool, super fun and grew up on it. It was a dream. And, you know, we're taking basic classes like painting, 2D animation. And I'll be honest, my heart wasn't really into it. And it was really early on, probably even like within the first year that I was there. But I spent a lot of my time just doing all the extracurriculars, uh, the club, charity committee, helping on other students' films, like the senior students, just anything that that department really needed. And as I was doing that more and more, I think in my second year, I found out that there's a thing called production. And uh, I didn't know what it was, but they were explaining it to me. And it was just like, oh, it's like a collaborative team oriented, schedule focused, a managerial position. And uh, that's it. I was like, this is it. This is this is my thing. This is so cool. I want to try this. <laughs> so I remember talking to one of my professors, uh, John Clapp, and I told him about it. And he was like, oh, I was his TA at the time, too. And I remember telling him and he was like, Rev, that's it. That's the thing you got to do. This is totally you. And that's when I like met Dave Chai and I did I like really took it seriously. That's like when I ran for like president for the club and like did like charity committee and actually jumped on to like films and helped them out. But no, I didn't know what it was. I had no idea that this is an actual career. I'm so glad I found out when I was in college. No, that's really amazing. I think when you're entering college and you have an interest in animation, you don't really know all the roles that kind of go into <laughs> making it. I think I think you just know kind of like I would say the is it the big three? which is story, biz dev, and animation is like the main things people tend to think about when working in animation. It's like, oh, yes. there's animators, there's people that make the designs, and there's people that do the boards. And <laughs> you don't realize all the other jobs in between, like yeah. prop designers, mm -hmm. color designers, uh, revisionists. Like I didn't know about like a revisionist position until like my third or fourth year at San Jose State. And yeah, as well as like all the different <laughs> like editorial or post. Um, Ex yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, mm -hmm. the funny thing is I didn't really learn a lot about those things until I got into the industry. When mm -hmm. I was in high school, I grew up in a very STEM based uh, community. So everyone that I know right now is like doctors, engineers, lawyers, very smart uh, people that are just so different from who I am. And mm -hmm. when I was going into animation, I didn't even know about like viz dev and story. I just thought it was cool. So <laughs> I came in with very little knowledge and I learned a lot my first year, just like how different it is from the world of STEM. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Kind of going back to, I guess, uh, you jumping onto like other projects after learning like what production was. Mm hmm. Did you always like come to student projects and be like, I want to do production like I want to help you guys with schedule like that's what I want to do? Because I think like a lot of students like when they they get together, they're just like, ah, we we just need the art team. And then they kind of like ragtag their schedule as they go. Right. So <laughs> I'll tell you a really funny story. Okay. Uh, when I was, uh, you know, telling John Clapp, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And I don't know, I think production's it. And he's like, yeah, that's great. You should meet Dave Chai. I didn't know the guy at the time. And he had no idea who I was either. And he told me that they were doing some film and just to go talk to him, tell him you're interested in production. 
and see if you can yeah. like jump on as like an assistant, like a PA. Uh, real quick to cut in, uh, Dave Chai is the head of our program, and every year he does like a film over the summer. So yes. for anybody who doesn't know, that's who Dave Chai is. Thank you is. for the contest. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I went up to him and I was like, hey, can I like help you out? Like, I'm really interested. You know, John Clapp sent me. And he was like, uh, we're already filled up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, okay, cool. Uh, that's fine. It's cool. It's not a big deal. <laughs> so I went back to John Clapp and he was like, you need to be persistent. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. By the way, this is the film that he produced with uh, Davey. I think it was Davey's short film. I forgot oh, the, the name. the Juicebox one? Yes, the Juicebox one. Yeah. That's okay, okay. And I went up to them. I was like, hey, I'll help you guys out again. They're like, well, you know, you, you know, you can just stay here. And if there's something, we'll ask you. And so there was another student who also wanted a position. And we both would show up every weekend, every Saturday. And I would sit there all day doing literally nothing, like my own homework. And I just was really persistent <laughs> until they gave me a chance because the other person left. And I think by like the second or third Saturday, they finally were like, yeah, you know, Rev, come on, you can help us with this or this. And I just was scanning papers like the 2D animation test papers. And I just kind of like made a spot for myself and I stayed with it, was really persistent, maybe wasted a Saturday. But in the long run, I made a relationship with both Davey and Dave Chai, and they gave me a lot of opportunities in the future. And I'm really glad I stuck it out, but I definitely was sitting there doing nothing for a while. <laughs> but I think a persistence, be persistent. If you want to do okay. something, just keep asking because somebody's going to need help. Somebody can't make it that day. Mm -hmm. Just go. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Persistence is key. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, I wonder if they like didn't have anything for you to do. And then they were like, actually, wait, we can. We can use this. And well, they had hands. like another production person, like who's a senior oh, okay. student already. And me and the other guy, like we were showing up and he, the other guy gave up. He was like, uh, well, they don't need our help. And I was like, no, I'm just going to keep showing up. And mm -hmm. finally they asked me and I remember working on it for a month. And the other guy was like, hey, you're on the, you're on this right now. And I was like, yeah, I just kept staying. And then they have to give me something to do. So it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, showing up is half the, the it's job. It's half huh? the battle. It sure <laughs> is. Yeah. I don't even say half. It's like 90% of the battle to show up. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Glad that you were super persistent. Me and too. yeah, from doing that, it seemed like it led to other opportunities. Mm -hmm. So something I kind of want to put out there for our audience that may not know. Obviously, as you've heard so many times, you came out from San Jose State. Rev went to San Jose State. But Rev was the president of the Shrek and Hammond Club when Yuki and I were just freshmen. <laughs> so when we started San Jose State, Rev was our animation president and she ran all the meetings, all the events, handled bringing in guests, and she made our first year really enjoyable. Got us excited about being in the club and being in animation. Mm -hmm. So for you, was being the president of the Shrek and Headman Club beneficial in your journey and wanting to become an animation production? Like, did you go into it knowing it was going to be beneficial? Or like, how did that experience help you? I don't think I ran thinking it was going to be like good experience for production specifically, but it was just where my heart was at the time. Like, like I said, it was actually really difficult being in school 
And what I mean by that is our major doesn't really cover anything in production. And so I had mm-hmm. to produce art the entire time that I was uh, in the major. And mm-hmm. I couldn't transfer at the time because like you had to like redo the other major or something like that. I didn't think it was worth it. I made all my friends. I was learning so much, even just being part of the classes. So becoming president was like another opportunity in these like managerial type position and just like really getting involved. And that was something I needed that was outside of school, even though it was a huge part of school. So it was just something to make me happy, I guess I could say. It wasn't, I didn't even think about it in like, (laughs) in like a work experience type of way, though now I do, because I think it really made a huge impact for me, just like going out there, talking to hundreds of people. Oh my God, that was so scary. I had so much anxiety. <laughs> it did not come across I'm so glad I, I would say like I mean Ray Ray said that like you were the president in our freshman year and that was like in my opinion really crucial to us because you and the rest of your cabinet like that whole team of people really set the tone for the program mm-hmm. and the entire time I was like what is the like <laughs> this program is so magical like everybody's so happy like there's such cool things going on I thought you guys ran it extremely well oh thank you <laughs> maybe that's biased but like <laughs> I, I don't know like even compared to to like other years and stuff but it it just felt so like well put together really positive attitude all the time it was a very exciting time and I love my cabinet. Mm-hmm. They all did such a great job. And I think that's what I loved about it the most, like us coming together, coming up with ideas and just really having each other's backs and being collaborative. That's so like so, so similar to what production's like right now, too. Like having mm-hmm. each other's back is like such a key thing. And uh, I think that's what I learned from being a president was the teamwork like the amount of stuff we had to do behind closed doors and how much it impacted all of you. And I saw that too, just how much everyone was so happy though, which made me happy. It was just like a revolving circle of like, <laughs> like inspiration that was going on between everybody. So it was really great. Uh, one of the things you kind of mentioned is that you couldn't transfer and you had to do art your entire time, <laughs> even though you kind of knew you wanted to do production, but did doing all that art and kind of developing an artistic background, has that been influential or beneficial in your work in production? Yeah, definitely. I also want to say that if you don't have any art background and going into production is really, it's not a big thing at all. I think the way it benefited me was just kind of understanding, especially because I want to be a manager with my work experience and my schooling. I'm able to understand how much work it takes for artists to achieve certain things. Um, and how to do it and like where people are coming from and um, really sympathize with artists in general. And I think like having your first job in a new career and everything like that is very scary. So I'm really glad I went to school to just kind of understand like 3D animation programs or the language or like the speed. That helped me a lot. No, that's that's really, really great. Obviously, like you mentioned before, you don't necessarily need an animation background Mm -hmm. to do production. But I do think it kind of does give you more insight in the sense of like how long things realistically take (laughs) when trying to kind of schedule things out. Because especially when like when I was a student and I would have an assignment for the first time or even kind of like doing our BFA project, Mm -hmm. we still kind of underestimate how long things are realistically going to take. Yes. And so until you actually go through that, I was like, oh, shit, this takes two weeks, Mm -hmm. not not a week or 
not a couple of days. Yeah. And, and also like being like classmate with the artists and, you know, people get really precious with their artwork when we're in school. But when we're in the workforce, it's just like, throw it away. We're going to restart this again. And mm-hmm. just kind of seeing everything that people have gone through, what they went through when they're in schools. I don't know. I think it's a huge part of my like sympathy and empathy, like when it comes to knowing what the artists are going through, because then I can also channel that and be like, I know this is going to take a really long time. I'm so sorry you have a short deadline, but I really need this to get done. What else can I do? Maybe I can change a different deadline. Maybe I can get you some OT. I feel like that helps because I can connect with the person more. Completely. So to kind of like also touch on some of your earlier experience working in production, you have interned both at DreamWorks and Nickelodeon. First on DreamWorks on Dino Trucks and then Nickelodeon for Pig Goat banana cricket yeah <laughs> sorry i just never heard that show before so like when i when i was like looking at it i was like what the it's a crazy <laughs> show <laughs> but how was that experience being a production intern and how did it differ between productions between the two um so dino tracks was a 3d animated show and then pick up banana cricket was a 2d animated show uh, i'm really glad i got the experience to work on both of them i did connect a lot more with 3d and that's all I've been doing since I've been in the industry. When I was at DreamWorks, it was my first internship. There was a ton of people. They have a really good program too. But I think at Nickelodeon, because there was less people, I connected with the intern group a lot more. I have a lot of lifelong friends from the Nickelodeon internship. Honestly, I'm just glad I got both opportunities. And mm-hmm. uh, the funny thing is for Pig Goat Banana Cricket, I actually interviewed to be their PA. And oh, I was still in oh. school. <laughs> so <laughs> they were like, we really like you, but we have someone else in mind for the PA position. So do you want to be our intern? I was like, heck yeah, I want to come back. I want to learn more. So that's how I got that internship. But yeah, I think it was the difference between working on a 3D show and a 2D show and just kind of knowing what I like want to do. That's really interesting. Because yeah, yeah, both of them have their challenges, whether production side or animation because i know I'm, I'm working on a 3d show currently mm-hmm. and i know that my my line producer especially she's amazing daniel witz <laughs> shout out to her but sometimes um sometimes we're getting excited about an idea and she's like guys let's simmer down a bit like <laughs> realistically we could only do this or like we don't think the overseas studios will be able to like realistically do this in the amount of time that we have so like with 3D, there's certain limitations and certain things that you uh, can't. That's such a great point. Yeah. That you can't do versus something like in 2D where you can kind of just draw it out. In 3D, everything has to be modeled. So like if we mm-hmm. want a character to interact with a prop, if the prop has to be essential or we have to kind of go in our, in our catalog of already made props. Like, oh, instead of like wagging around, like, let's say a newspaper, can we wave a, a fan? Mm-hmm. Something like that. And so... Is that something you kind of notice as well in in production? It's like the limitations of both 2D and 3D? Yeah, they're really, really different. I mean, as an intern, I think it was just the experience of learning what was going on in the shows and the studios and the culture. Until I entered the workforce, did I really understand the differences between the two of the the two types of 2D and like CG? Mm -hmm. But yeah, for CG, there's so many more limitations. There are a lot of rules, which I think I kind of enjoy being like, okay, we can't do this because there's a strict line. And artists like to go quite crazy until you have to kind of put them in a box a little bit. And you're like, hey, this is the box. You can kind of go outside of it, but that's about it. (laughs) With 2D, I feel like you can just do anything and everything. There aren't many um, limitations, but 
I'm sure it's also very stressful to produce as well for especially Mm -hmm. the VizDev team because they're drawing like hundreds of props and characters and whatnots. Like in a week, the deadlines are so much more tighter, uh, I think, in 2D than they are in 3D. But the limitations are tighter in 3D, I think. Mm -hmm. The amount of work that's being produced is just is a lot more, I think, for 2D. So for you, how is the transition from being an intern at Nickelodeon to your first entry job out of school as a production assistant at DreamWorks? Very exciting. I was so excited (laughs) to get the call. I was really nervous, too. I remember my first day, I was just like, you know, you're just so you have so much anxiety and you're like just trying to be on top of your game. You're like absorbing everything. I didn't know anybody on that team. I didn't know like where I was stepping into the production and I don't know what I needed to know before coming in. But thank God for my uh, supervisor. So for my first coordinator, she was a supervisor. And I remember her asking me, she was like, what do you know? And she's like, before you say anything, you can also tell me that you don't know anything and you want me to like reteach you, whatever. It doesn't matter. And I was like, I know I have two internships (laughs) under my belt, but please teach me like I don't know anything. And she like (laughs) took me under her wing and like taught me everything. And I was very grateful for that. I think it's really key to have a strong coordinator who is willing to teach you things and you feel comfortable Mm. asking questions. I know not everyone is privileged in that way, but there's always somebody out there, maybe not your direct coordinator, but other people on your team, your manager, your line producer. Everybody wants to see you succeed. And it's a training opportunity both for the coordinator and for the PA to Mm. take on a new PA. But yeah, it was really, really exciting, but very scary, too. The first three months, I was just like, I was so quiet. I was just like doing everything they asked me to do. And after that, I was like, oh, okay, I know what I'm doing and I can be myself. That's when the loud, crazy me came out. (laughs) The fun me. I was like, they're like, oh, I didn't know you were so like outgoing. And I was like, yeah, I was very quiet in the beginning, but I'm here now. (laughs) That's that's great. You're digesting everything at first. And then once like you got the flow, you can like, yeah, let loose a bit. (laughs) It's It's like such an important thing to like, just to like sit and observe when you first get onto any like show job, even this job that I'm currently on. I just took it all in, listening to everybody, hearing their feedback, like what they like, don't like, or just hearing their problems and then going in and be like, oh, what about this? Or how do we how how about if we do it this way? Or, okay, cool. Like, let's try it your way. And here's a suggestion. So definitely just listen and go in. (laughs) It'll be okay. Everything will be okay. We'll put things will be fine. Yeah, things will always (laughs) be fine. So what are some for those that are interested in entering production Mm -hmm. what are some soft or hard skills you think are essential for those that want to pursue that kind of career i think it's really important to just have a really good and positive attitude that's what i tell interns now and pas who are looking for these opportunities it's just really important to have people on the team who are you know willing to do anything and are just showing up because people like I think like for an artist, you have to have a portfolio and a resume and all of these things for production. You don't need to know anything. I am willing to train you. And a lot of people will say that to you, but you have to have a can do attitude and, you know, you're listening and you're communicating when you have questions. That's really important. 
Ask as many questions as you want. I don't care if they're dumb. Just ask. That is okay. And then, you know, you're willing to hear it, listen to that feedback, and then just do better next time. I think being a PA is a very forgiving job. And a lot of people are happy to have just people who want to work on animation. And for hard skills, I'd say you don't need to know anything. But if you do know Photoshop, it's always so helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Something that you mentioned, being a production manager, you train a lot of the interns and from like the things that you tell your interns have a can't do attitude. What is your experience like? Because we, you and I have talked about this, that a lot of times, especially production interns or even production assistants, a lot of them kind of go into it kind of as a way to kind of get into the industry and like they eventually want to transition to art. How has it been with you working with both production assistants that want to transition on the art side and production assistants that want to stick in production? Yeah, I think there is a lot of strengths to somebody who wants to become an artist. I think it's a good way for people who are, you know, not quite ready to become an artist to learn about the department. So I know like we'll hire a PA who wants to be a board artist. So we'll put them in story or a design artist, uh, like a visual development. So we'll put them in design. And I think they have a lot more want to like support that team a lot more because they love what they do and they want to learn from them, you know, get close to the art director, learn what they're doing, um, learn from the artists. It's a very good opportunity to be in the room without having to be doing art. The room where it happens. Yeah, the room where it happens. And a lot of the directors I've worked with in the past, art directors I've worked with in the past, they are so excited to mentor people, especially if they're going to show up. So it's a great opportunity for artists. Myself personally, though, when we see a resume who wants to be in production versus someone who wants to be an artist, I'll pick the person in production, especially if they have the capability that I'm looking for. And I know some places might look down on people who want to be artists, but they are in production. But I, in my experience, I've never seen that happen. And I worked at DreamWorks and a Nickelodeon, an intern, and then now at Netflix. We're always excited to cultivate any kind of person who wants to be in the industry. But I think there does come, it's also a a privilege in a way for people who want to become artists. You know, you got to respect the artist's time. If you want to become an artist, you have a job itself. Like you got to be a PA, you got to be a coordinator, and you have to respect the time of the artist. If you want to learn from them, it should be outside of like work hours in a way, right? During coffee breaks, lunch breaks, you can pursue that. And then mm-hmm. production comes first. That's the other thing too. Some artists are not production people. And uh, to go into what that means is like, you got to be a little bit organized. You got to be organized. You have to have good communication skills, are willing to learn those things, a good note taker. And it's okay. Not everybody's made for production. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I know some amazing artists that could not survive production. Yes, (laughs) I do too. I do too. It's a completely different set of skills. Though I will say that some of the artists I've worked with who have production experience, they make amazing artists. They just get it. It's so great. They like name their files properly. They take notes for themselves. They understand deadlines. They work so well with production and... I think the key thing here is having a respect for production because I work with people who've never had production skills, but they respect their production. And I love working with them. They're so sweet and so kind. 
Yes, always respect your production team. <laughs> Keep everything running smoothly. Why would you make the yeah. next person's job harder? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's even something as simple you just said, like just naming your files properly or just like organizing things in a certain way where it's easier on the next person. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes artists forget that there's somebody that comes after them. And, you know, it might be another artist, too. So, like, keeping your layers mm-hmm. clean, whatever it is, like, doing whatever you can, going that extra mile, doing that extra 10 minutes, you might be helping a production person, you might be helping another artist, the vendor, whatever it is, you will be somebody that people will like having around. Talking about soft skills, mm-hmm. and uh, you mentioned this before, as we're kind of doing this interview, oh, like, being nervous and, like, mm-hmm. you know, opening up more after you had your three months of experience in production. So you seem to have like, you know, some anxiety, social anxieties, talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> How do you kind of get over that, I guess, for yourself, if there, you could give out some advice? So something I actually recently found out is that I'm a high functioning person with anxiety. So I never really knew mm-hmm. I had anxiety in the past. I just showed up, did what I needed to do, got my things done. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know it was something that I was dealing with for a very long time. Mm. Right now, I give myself pep talks. Like, all I do is I stand in a room and I talk to myself like, you're amazing. You got this. And it's going to be fine. I do the power pose. Do you guys know about the power pose? Yeah, I do the power pose in the yeah, mirror. So. Like- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you are amazing. Uh, <laughs> you, you are amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, another thing I've been also learning about is like negative talk. You know, Mm -hmm. there is, I think everybody suffers from this, that voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough or that you don't deserve this or whatever. Don't listen to that person because that's not you. For me, it's the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. So I tell myself that (laughs) I go, that (laughs) voice is the patriarchy. I'm not going to listen to it. (laughs) Hell yeah, bro. So that's what I do to pump myself up. <laughs> it's a secret, but now everybody's going to know. No, that's awesome. Thank you for talking about that. I think that's <laughs> really important to to understand. I mean, it's it's difficult, right? Like mm-hmm. to kind of accept when you do have those barriers that you're not really, you know, these invisible barriers around you. Yeah. And how to deal with those once you identify them. Like you can do things like, you know, talk to yourself and power pose and yeah, and combat that negative voice. I know a lot of people will do like a deep breathing and meditation. I've done those things, too. That helps a lot. Just remember, everybody's anxious and everyone's going through the same thing. You're fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, everybody wants you to succeed. No one wants to see you fail. Yes. And if they do, they're a shitty person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's a good one, too. Yes. <laughs> so something I kind of want to touch on mm-hmm. is that We have heard and seen a push for diversity on the art side of animation with several different outlets and even studios speaking up. But do you think you see a similar movement happening within the production side? I want to say yes and no, Mm. because Mm -hmm. I think I think that's the one thing about the animation industry is that it's always really focused on artists. And that is so important because they really do bring the creative power to um, animation but there's so many other departments Mm. like you know production post uh, music casting editorial marketing Mm -hmm. accounting i could keep going on there's just so many different areas right Mm. and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of those areas do get a little bit forgotten and i'm speaking for myself i don't know about all these other departments but sometimes i feel like 
they're just a different department that doesn't deal with animation. I do think that studios are speaking up for diversity, but they're really talking about diverse voices, which is really important because the content material that's out there needs to be relatable. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to go through creative voices. But at the same time, I still walk into a lot of rooms where it's just a bunch of white people. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of women, though, in production. That's like huge. I'd say like 50 percent of production, even more, is probably women. But I don't see people like myself. I don't even know another Indian person who's in production right now, currently. And like me and my friends, we're all people of color and women. So we'll go into those rooms and we don't even realize that it's like that because we know everybody. But then you realize, I don't see anybody else that's like me. But they are pushing for it. I, I try to do it as much as I can when I'm hiring in any capacity. And I'm hoping it gets better. Definitely. No, likewise. I think I see that as well. I think there's definitely is a push on the art side, especially. But Mm -hmm. I think people tend to forget about production Mm -hmm. and forget that that's also an area where we can have diverse voices. Yes, Mm -hmm. they might not be contributing to like, you know, the the artists or the boards or the creative Mm -hmm. part, but it's still something essential that I feel like we, we need to strive for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, another thing I just want to touch on is like execs. You know, execs have a lot of feedback uh, when it comes to creative production, and there is not a lot of diversity in that at all. So it's not just about the artist, but it's also the studio itself because they, you know, they have Netflix notes or DreamWorks notes, Nick notes. Those are coming from the execs, and there should be a lot more diversity there, too. Mm. Mm. I agree. And then I guess something else I want to say just to kind of like bring home the idea of like how important it is to have diverse voices on the production because how amazing is it for you to be working on ye happy mm-hmm. uh preschool show about indian deities like and being an indian woman yourself like how amazing is that to you oh it's so amazing so i've never really worked with another indian person and now i'm working with a bunch of them it's so exciting and mm-hmm. we have something to we have a lot of common ground we also have like a personal stake in the story itself so we're always like trying to give any personal like information is if we can about like the deities itself or like choices that we're making but yeah it's a it's really exciting to be working on a project that's a very personal to me but also working with people who also care about it even the people who are not indian on the show they are just so respectful and i really appreciate that it's so wonderful mm-hmm. so something else i kind of wanted to comment on is we know each other, but I was still like researching you to kind of <laughs> formulate the questions for this interview. Sure. But I noticed that you had this amazing steady progression from being a production assistant to being a production coordinator to being production manager. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it happened like in a span of like, like almost every year you were in its new higher position. Mm. Yes. Do you still want to keep striving higher? And what are your future aspirations yeah. in the animation industry for yourself? Uh, I'm really glad you brought that up because... I just want to say, like, I am so grateful and privileged to be in this opportunity of being able to be promoted almost every year or so. And it's not the case for everybody, but that doesn't mean you're not working hard. And I was definitely hustling really, really hard because, you know, a person of color, you're a woman, you just want to prove to everybody that you can do it. And Mm -hmm. something that I have seen happen is people will push super hard and they are not ready to take on the next step and they don't do so well 
And it's not their fault. I think that people don't mentor them properly or the studio doesn't set up anything like to support you. And I have realized that first I do get kind of bored a little bit. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like pushing it hard because I was like, as a PA, I was already doing coordinator work as coordinator. I was already doing supervisor work as a supervisor. I was already doing managerial work. And finally, I'm here as a manager and I'm able to relax a little bit. I am learning something new every day. I am not pushing my engines so hard because burnout is real. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And for right now, I'm happy where I'm at. But it's also opened a door because I was at DreamWorks before for pretty much my entire career. And then now I'm at Netflix and Netflix has a lot of great opportunities and my eyes are open and I still want to be a line producer, but who knows? There are lots of like studio gigs that are out there. Maybe I might try feature. The doors are open and I'm very excited about that. It's so exciting. Yeah. (laughs) But change from from TV to to film. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Mm -hmm. would be really cool. And I remember as a PA, I was like, I'm going to be a line producer before I'm 30. This is what I'm going to do. And that's what I was hustling for. And I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. And now I'm just like, there is so much beyond our career. And I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Remember that, you know, your personal life, your family, your friends, whatever it is, your career doesn't have to be the only thing that creates happiness for you. Oh, very well put. And then kind of finally... Mm -hmm. On a final note, what advice do you have for those that want to pursue a career in animation production? First of all, there are not a lot of people who want to do production, and I'm always excited to meet people. Like, I mean, so excited. It's a it's a very exciting feeling. And mm-hmm. production, if you're like worried you're not part of this creative process, you don't even know. I have made so many creative decisions like <laughs> in this past five years and no one will ever talk about it or like things I've caught or whatever it is. I've still given a lot of like creative feedback wow. within my job and people will just ask me like the art director, like, do you like this or this? I'm like, oh, I think I like B better. Great. We'll do B. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, awesome. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you get a lot of opportunity to do creative choices. But if you want to be in production, it's a great career. It's super fun. And you're going to make a lot of friends. And there's really nothing stopping you. And it's okay if you don't know something. This is a job that you learn just through experience. It's not something you have to know at school. I know there's like majors out there for it, but it's okay. You can learn everything, literally everything on the job. Come join us. It's great. Yes. That's awesome. So I'm really sad we have to end for now, but thank you so much for joining us today. Where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you want to promote at this time? Well, thank you for having me. And Gee Happy will be out there one day, hopefully next year. (laughs) So check it out. Also, Mm. I'm a huge fan of everything I've worked on. All Hail King Julian. Love that show. Watch it. It is done, but you can still watch it on Netflix. And, you know, Fast and Furious, there are a lot of seasons. They're not all out yet. So watch out for that, too. I also worked on Boss Baby, and I love that show. It's a great show. Oh. It's really, really funny, if you like the movie, especially. And I think all the seasons are out for that, too. Well, that's perfect. Yeah, it's such an amazing career. <laughs> Thank you. Such an, such an amazing career. <laughs> well, if you enjoyed our interview with Rev today, please rate us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. 
and let us know your response to today's in-between questions, or if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us. We love discovering new artists or people in production and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening. And thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.